This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors. The Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out. They pull me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Give me the I expect every one of our guys back for the Auburn game, with the exception of Day-Day and Cat, who obviously are out for the season. From a football perspective, that's what you need to know this week. You know, it's been an open week. Lots of guys have seen some work that maybe don't always get to play in the games. But the most important thing this week has been making sure everybody's healthy headed down to Auburn in that secondary. And it sounds like, with the exception of Ladarius Bishop and Jalen Catalan, who they knew would not be able to play in the game, it sounds like everybody else should be able to go. They've not been fully cleared yet necessarily, but the anticipation is that they will be by the time they go to Auburn. This team's in a spot to make a run. And, you know, when you look at Arkansas secondary right now and they get some of these guys back, now it's not going to be a magic wand. It's not going to become the best shutdown secondary in the SEC right off the bat. But you look at some of the teams that Arkansas has got left on their schedule, and you've got to ask yourself, do they have a good enough quarterback to take advantage of Arkansas's weakness or what has been Arkansas's weakness so far defensively in the secondary? I don't know that what we've seen from Auburn, for example, makes you believe that they're going to be able to beat Arkansas in the deep passing game. And I think you can say the same thing about some of the teams that remain on Arkansas' schedule. Maybe not necessarily all of them, but a certain number of them. And I think that, you know, if you're going to get guys back who've not all been together for a while, I'm glad that they're not playing the most prolific passing offense in the SEC at Auburn. I'm glad, for example, they're not facing Mississippi State and Will Rogers. Doesn't guarantee success against Auburn. I think that's a game where 
you know, if they're all able to come back, the secondary can begin their uh, get their feet underneath them a little bit, so to speak, and that prepares you for what's going to be a really important stretch drive. Well, we're glad you're with us. As we wrap up the week, it seems kind of weird without a football game tomorrow. There will be games to watch, but obviously none of them involve the Razorbacks. We're going to talk a little basketball, by the way, on the podcast today. But I want to tell you that, as always, we are brought to you by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. When I talk about them, I speak from personal experience. And I think that's the most sincere thing that I can tell you about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. My experience. I've partnered with them to buy a home. I've partnered with them to sell a home. And both times, their service exceeded my expectations. They know how to get you from contract to close. And when you're in a real estate transaction and you break it down, that's the most important thing. you got to get to the end of the line. And they know exactly how to do that. They are true real estate professionals. They've got offices in Fayetteville and Springdale. They're in Bentonville. They've got an office in Fort Smith now. They've even opened a new one in Branson, Missouri. So they're around. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town as well. You can't miss those, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Long-time listener, first-time caller, so give me the hug. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Give me the hogs, Chuck! Woo! All right, let's talk a little basketball in the open week. Uh, news coming down this week, the Razorbacks ranked 10th in the preseason AP poll. The Razorbacks picked 2nd. And the Southeastern Conference, SEC Media Day, was held on Wednesday. Arkansas picked second. Nick Smith, Jr., named an SEC preseason first-teamer without having played a game in college basketball. That tells you what uh, the college basketball world thinks of Nick Smith, Jr. It's going to be exciting to watch him play. It's a little bit different now than it's been maybe in some of the years past. Arkansas walks in and everybody's got their chest stuck out a little bit better than they used to. You know, when the Razorbacks walk in, it's kind of like the old days. The show's here. And that's sort of what it felt like at SEC Media Day on Wednesday, watching it uh, and, and reading the comments. Um, this is something that I think Razorback fans are just going to love this year, this, this basketball team, this basketball season. It's fun when you got new guys especially when they're advertised to be very good. and So we're going to talk a little basketball today. Scotty Bordelon covers the Hogs for WholeHogSports.com. He has been in Birmingham for SEC Media Days, and uh, we're going to check in with him. In fact, let's talk to Scotty about some Razorback basketball right now. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. Fresh off of SEC Media Day, Scotty Bordelon of Hologsports.com joins us on the podcast today. Scotty, first off, welcome. I know there's nothing like a couple of days in Birmingham to uh, get you ready for basketball season. How was SEC Media Day? 
Yeah, it was really interesting, Chuck. It was the first time that I'd gone down for SEC Basketball Media Day. You know, it's kind of something that, you know, Bob has just kind of done for the for the ADG. And, you know, we'll pull video from from Eric. And if, um, if Bob gets any video of the players that go down there, you know, we'll obviously run that on our website, run whatever, you know, Bob writes and whatnot. But yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool just to, just to have all the coaches come through. And then, you know, you kind of get some, some personal type interviews with, with guys from, you know, different teams across the league, which is pretty interesting. You know, you always, you know, when, when teams come to Bud Walton arena, you know, you normally don't, especially these days, you don't get the opposing coach and the opposing, opposing players, you know, to come into the interview room. But, you know, I talked to Santiago Vescovi and, and Kobe Brown and uh, Gigi Jackson, the, the big, the, you know, the really highly rated kid that, that's at South Carolina. Um, then got to talk to, to Devo and Kamani kind of one-on-one. And, um, yeah, just kind of get some, just kind of has some, some personal one-on-ones with those guys. We don't get just a ton of that. Most of it's on Zoom you know, these days, as you well know. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, looking back, to, looking forward to going going again next year. All right, Arkansas is picked second in the league behind Kentucky. Uh, anything surprise you in that regard? No, I don't I don't think so. I think I kind of expected uh, Arkansas to, to finish second. I just think that, you know, anytime Kentucky's got, you know, their national player of the year back, I think he's, what, unanimous preseason player of the year I think in the in the country if I'm not mistaken and you know they've got Severe Wheeler back he's another veteran guard for them uh, I think Jacob Toppin's back they've got some they've got some really quality guys back and then you know they they always bring in some some pretty pretty talented young guys so I think that that mix right there kind of gives Kentucky an edge but you no know, Arkansas is right there because they've got a bunch of talented young dudes of their of their own and you know brought in a a, a, a transfer class that I think Eric is still honestly trying to get a feel for just, you know, where they're going to land in the rotation in terms of roles and minutes and that kind of thing. Um, but I think, I think you got a, at least an inkling of, of what those guys can do in that red white game. Uh, Jalen Graham played, played obviously really well, but they're going to need some of those transfer guys to, to really play well. And, and I think those freshmen are going to have to really grow up. And then the two returning scholarship guys are obviously going to, they're going to have to be leaders for Arkansas to you know live up to live up to that preseason hype, I guess. Give us a sense of the conversation surrounding Nick Smith Jr. I mean, Sheboy, as you mentioned, is you know he's the national player of the year preseason. Nick Smith Jr. is a guy that you know national high school player of the year. What was the conversation about Nick? And uh, how maybe did it compare to the conversation around Shibway? Yeah, I think some of the conversation around Shibway to start, you know, I think he's he's battling some some battling an injury right now and is trying to I think work his way back. Um, and I think I think Shibway is kind of an established guy, so it's not so much like what is it that you like about his game that you know makes him so good. You know, he just he's a space eater around the rim, and you know his second and third jumps are just they are about as elite as they come for a, a big guy. I think that's what maybe impressed me most when he came to Bud last year. I, I think Nick, he's obviously, he's already got the attention of, of everybody across the league. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, South Carolina was the first team to kind of come through the, um, the the interview room and Lamont Paris goes up. And then after he's done 
um, they bring a couple players in, and one of them is G.G. Jackson, the freshman. And it kind of made me wish that Arkansas had brought Nick Smith just to, um, you know, he's kind of he's going to be the face of the team. No two ways about it, I don't think. But it's talking to G.G. Jackson, and I think when he was a sophomore, he was at a top 100 camp, and Nick was actually his roommate at that camp. And I don't, I don't, he said he didn't think Nick finished that camp because he was dealing with a hand injury. But a couple of years later, you know, Gigi is watching Nick just absolutely blow up on the high school scene, you know, and some of those, you know, the McDonald's All-American game and the Jordan Brand Classic and that kind of thing. It just really lit it up. Um, and Gigi Jackson kind of looked back at that like, wow, that was that was my roommate. And now he's, you know, arguably one of the better players in the, in the country already. Um, hasn't even played a game yet. But, yeah, I think everybody kind of realizes the talent he is and, um, I think they there's there's obviously an understanding with all those coaches that they know whenever they they face him they're going to be you know facing a guy that you know very easily probably could have you know maybe jumped straight to the pros out of high school. Give us your take based on what you've seen so far, and I know you've uh, seen a limited amount of practice, and I know you've seen uh, you know we we saw a smaller sample size in the red white game, but give us a sense of. What you think so far about some of the other guys? I think specifically about Black and uh, Walsh, and maybe some of the uh, some of the newcomers, and where you think they may fit into the puzzle. Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys that really jump out to me are, are Anthony Black and Trevor Brazil. I know one of the one of the main questions I had for some of the coaches that we talked to uh, on Wednesday was just you know, about Trevor Brazil, because Eric Musselman was super high on Trevor when he was playing at Missouri, you know, just thought he had tons and tons of upsides, a 6'10 kid that, you know, he blocked a lot of shots, but I mean, that's, you can block a lot of shots, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're productive if you're, you know, fouling guys all the time, but his, his, you know, block shot for personal foul called on him ratio was like really, really high. And that was, I think that's one of the things that really stood out to me is that he kind of already had an understanding of how to block shots, um, you know, without without just a ton of contact. And for a freshman, that's you know, that's obviously really, really impressive. Um, but I asked Kermit Davis about Trevin, and um, I think Trevin had a really good game against Ole Miss. I want to say it was maybe in Tampa or late in the regular season. And Kermit said that, you know, he thought as in that freshman class last year, he thought maybe Trevin had as much upside as, as anybody. Um, and he's a guy that's you know on NBA draft boards. I think maybe maybe early second round right now. Uh, but his I think his stock could really rise. And then I was super impressed too in the red white game with Anthony Black. Just you know I think his jump shot and his ability to to create offense on the perimeter is obviously a, a big work in progress. But his shot mechanics have definitely improved even since he was with Team USA in Tijuana. I think back in May or June. So I think there's definitely some potential in his jumper. But even if he, you know, it's almost kind of like Ben Simmons type effects that he can have on that team. Um, you know, rebounds the ball really well, nine rebounds and then nine assists, three blocks. I think a couple of things that are really interesting about him is, you know, he, he he's a guy that can, you know, he can block jumpers on the perimeter, you know, as well as around the rim. Um, and, you know, he's he's just super high IQ guy. And I think he's, a, I think he could be one of Arkansas's best defenders just because he's six seven on the ball is his he's really long and big on the ball and I think he's gonna cause a lot of problems for, for opposing ball handlers, you know, making them, you know, kind of initiate offense, you know, 
probably higher out on the floor than they'd like to. I wonder about this team from a shooting standpoint. Um, you know, we've we've heard Musk say that this may not be a great three-point shooting team. It seems as though it's going to be a team that attacks the rim well, maybe a good dribble-drive team. And I wonder if, if you kind of see that as being their M.O. And, and, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, free throws were a real big part of this team. And I wonder if we're going to see maybe something like that again this year. Yeah, I think there's a really good chance of that happening because you look at Eric, Eric's track record. I mean, that's what all, pretty much all of his teams have been really good at is, you know, you look at some of the analytics, it's the free throw rate. Um, you know, they're, I, know, I remember his first team at Arkansas, I think, was maybe top 25 in free throw rate, which is the number of free throws that you take divided by, I think, the field goals that you take. Um, that, that, if you have a, a number that's high in that, that category, you know, I think that tells you a lot just about the aggressiveness and the, the, the want to attack the rim and not settle for jump shots. I think the way that Eric's roster right now is constructed, I think you probably look around. It's obviously Nick is your your top perimeter threat, but you've got some other capable guys. I think Trevin Brazil can can give you some of that. My only concern with him is his shot motion is a little bit um, a little bit slow in the you know where he when he catches passes and he starts that shot motion his his pocket where he begins the shot motion is kind of low, maybe down below his waist. I think he's got to get that up a little bit, but if he does that, you know he's got a he's got a pretty good pretty good stroke from the perimeter. Uh, don't I don't know that you want him taking you know four or five threes a game because you know a lot of these guys like I'm, I'm trying to trying to get to that point. They're the the strengths of their game is putting the ball on the floor, getting into the teeth of the defense, and either you know utilizing some floater packages they have or you know going at the rim or just getting in into the middle of the defense, compromising it and kicking out. And I think that's where you're probably going to see a healthy number of Arkansas's perimeter shots is coming off of that dribble penetration. So it, it, Arkansas might be a team that only maybe takes 16 or 17 threes a game. Um, but I would think, you know, I think, you know, this year Arkansas's utilizing this, um, they're utilizing this analytic site called shot quality which is going to tell them everything they need to know about what shot this guy is good at, which shot these guys are bad at, that kind of thing. And they're really going to, I think, utilize that um, and take that to the floor for them. But, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, probably not going to be a high-volume three-point shooting team, but I think the threes that they take are going to be you know, pretty quality looks just you know, because they've got so many guys that can handle the ball and, and compromise the defense and, and spit it out to those open shooters. You use that word analytics, and I want to talk about that for just a second. I I know Muss is really big on that, and they find numbers inside of numbers, and I know it's something that you pay attention to as well. You kind of answered the question there. What I wonder is, as you've got better players, do you rely less on analytics or do you rely more on analytics? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't really, I don't really know. I just, I think the one thing that that shot quality site is going to do is just like, so say Nick Smith, for example, like you know he's got a really pretty pull up jumper, you know, kind of that in between game. But you know he, 
you know, uses that shot several times a game for maybe, a, you know, a healthy body of work, maybe six to 10, 12 games. And, you know, we might think that it's a, it's a good looking shot because it kind of keeps defenders on their heels, you know, when he starts to put the ball on the floor. But they could look at those numbers, you know, after, you know, maybe a dozen games and find out that that's not exactly the best shot for them. And so, you know, maybe he, he maybe goes away from, from that shot. But as a young guy, you know, he thinks that he probably thinks that that's a pretty good, you know, thing to have in his bag as a young guy. But it might not, you know, be a shot that's beneficial for the team. And maybe some of those analytics maybe just curb some of those bad habits or some of the, I don't know, habits that young guys can bring into the college game that, you know, a lot of things worked for Nick in high school. But not The same things probably aren't exactly going to work the same way at the college level. So I think they'll they'll look at that, but I mean I don't I, I think you can utilize analytics, you know, no matter how how talented your no no matter how talented your roster is. I think I mean I, I don't like Eric said. I think the last time we talked to him in a Zoom setting, that you know this preseason they're going through like he's sifting through more data and numbers and analytics than he ever has in the preseason. Um, and this is without a doubt the most talented roster he's had. So. Um, I think those. I don't think those numbers are, are going to go away anytime soon with Eric. No matter you know how many really good guys he's got on his team. All right, I got two more questions. One of them has to do with something that came up in the discussion in media days regarding summer basketball uh, in the college game. We see it in the NBA game now. It's kind of a watered down version. The superstars don't play and the NBA right. Summer League, but there's been conversation that college basketball might move toward that. Is, is is this serious movement? I know it was discussed some in Birmingham. Yeah, I would think that there's, you know, several coaches, um, and I published my story on that before. Um, I think there was a coach that spoke late in the day, and I can't remember exactly who it was, but he was, like, very in favor of it and said that it was gaining traction. Um, and it has been talked about, I think Eric said that Cal- Calipari has been talking about it for a couple of years. Um, and I think pretty much every coach that, that came up and talked on Wednesday was really in favor of it. Um, I, I would personally really, really like it. I mean, when Arkansas went on its foreign tour in August, it was great because there was basketball in August, right? Like that's kind of unusual um, because there's that, that's typically a time in the calendar when it's pretty quiet. And teams are just kind of, you know, going through, I don't want to say going through the motions, but they're just beating each other up in practice all the time. And I think, you know, we were talking with Eric yesterday on Wednesday, and he was talking about how he's not concerned, but, you know, he can look at some of his guys, and he's talking about, you know, competitive stamina with those guys. Like, they just want to play a game, and they're tired of practicing against each other all the time the entire summer. Um, They kind of want some outside competition. Like, they're, they're like, Coach, I know I kind of feel like I'm going through the motions in practice, but when the game comes, like, I'm going to be ready. Um, if you give the, give those guys, like, kind of a, a – I don't, I don't know what you call it, maybe a goal to get to or, like, a date to get to where they've got some outside competition to play, I think that might, you know, increase their urgency and make practices go a little bit better um, behind closed doors and that kind of thing. Another interesting point that I think Rick Barnes raised was the officiating. You know, like this early season tournaments, like Arkansas is going to the Maui Invitational in late November. For some of the officials that might be there, it could be their first game they're calling this season, or it could be their second or third. 
But if these officials are getting work in August, like they're, you know, maybe not as rusty early in the season. Um, and then lastly, I think, you know, with it being August, you know, there's not just a ton going on in the sports calendar outside of like regular season baseball. Um, and I think that, you know, I think TV, you know, TV people would love to have, you know, Arkansas versus, you know, whoever, another power five school playing an exhibition game, game probably doesn't mean anything to anybody, but it's, it's, it's wide competition at a, at a pretty quiet time in the calendar. So uh, I think all of those things are, are big, big pluses. When you talk about summer basketball, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in that and seeing where that goes. All right, last question, uh, and and it follows up on that. Rogers State Monday night, Texas, the second exhibition game. This is not your average exhibition ball game when they go down to uh, when they go down to Austin. Obviously, Rogers State's more of what you think of in an exhibition game. But just kind of, what was your take when you found out Arkansas was going to play Texas and open that new building in an exhibition game? Yeah, this kind of sounded to me like it's just Eric, like he he. He's talked to us a lot about how young his team is and how, you know, they've got experience playing on, you know, for, for like for the transfers, like they've got experience playing against other power five teams and SEC schools and, um, you know, some bigger, bigger named out of conference schools. But these freshmen, they've been tested too on like the, the high school all star circuit and stuff. But Texas has got a pretty veteran roster and, Anytime you play a Chris Beard team, you know that team's going to be tough. It's going to be physical, um, and they're going to they're going to fight you tooth and nail, you know, from start to finish. And I think that's the kind of test that Eric wants to, especially his young guys, um, and maybe the guys that he's not a hundred percent sure about, like what their role is going to be on the team. You're going to find out a lot about, you know, just the the grit and the togetherness um, and the readiness of, of some of those guys. Um, but yeah, it just it seems like a a test. Like you know, before the Texas game was announced, you're thinking Arkansas might open the season with a couple of fairly easy wins at least, and then you go to Maui and not really know a whole lot about the team. But you're going to know a lot more about the team after that Texas game than you know I probably would have imagined um, heading into into Maui. So I, I just think it's a it's another evaluation period for him. And I think it's going to give him a, a much, much better idea facing a really veteran physical team, um, just how ready his guys are. And um, I, I think it's just it's a lot about readiness and um, just seeing if, if they're, you know, kind of falling in line with, with what the coaching staff wants. Well, it's right around the corner. Exhibition opener on Monday night, November 7th for the uh, season opener. Scotty Bartolon, Hogs Illustrated. Do some work for them, wholehogsports.com. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Appreciate you having me. Give me the hog, Chuck. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if 
you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. You're listening to the Gimme the Hawks Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. You know, we're not that far away from the time of the year when football and basketball overlap. In fact, if you're an NBA fan, it's already that way. The NBA regular season's gotten underway this week. I mention that because some former Razorbacks obviously are playing. Daniel Gafford coming off the bench for the Washington Wizards. They won their season opener on Wednesday night. 114 to 107 over Indiana. Gafford had 12 points and seven rebounds in 16 minutes of action. Jalen Williams and Isaiah Joe, both on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster, they uh, they lost their season opener on Wednesday night. Jay Will didn't play. Joe got in right at the very end. Uh, he didn't score in the ball game. Moses Moody had five points in eight minutes for Golden State in their season opening win over the Lakers. College football this weekend. Lots of teams in the SEC have open dates, Arkansas included. Auburn included, by the way. Auburn does not play this weekend. They won't play until they hit the field against the Razorbacks next week. The CBS game tomorrow afternoon at 2.30 is Ole Miss at LSU. That kind of gives you an idea about what kind of weekend it is. That's the marquee game. Now, Ole Miss is 7-0. and Can't do any better than that. LSU's 5-2. and You know, I go back to LSU's win over Mississippi State. You know, they played Mississippi State, beat them 31-16. Daytime game, if I remember right. You know, LSU's been pretty good at home. I'm not sold on Ole Miss just yet. I'm not going to pick against them either. But it wouldn't surprise me if LSU holds serve at Tiger Stadium tomorrow afternoon. If you can't stand to watch a good football game and you want to watch something else, Missouri and Vanderbilt play at 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. Man, you don't want to lose that game, particularly if you're Eli Drinkwitz. Now, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, if he loses this game, probably not going to be real happy about it, but they're not going to fire him. If Eli Drinkwitz loses this game, he's in trouble. I mean, like, real trouble. Like, lose to Vanderbilt at home, get you fired trouble. That's That's going to be an interesting matchup. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Vanderbilt go up there and win. Man, it is going to be bad in Como if Missouri loses to Vandy. Obviously, the loser of this ball game is very likely going to finish in the cellar of the SEC East. Tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa, Mississippi State plays Alabama. The conventional wisdom is you don't want to play Alabama after a loss. I wouldn't want to play them after a loss either. Here's the thing I wonder. I mean, it wasn't like that Tennessee ball game was the first game this year where Alabama's had a lot of penalties. That's, I won't say it's a trend, but it's not an anomaly either. I think that's going to be a real key for Alabama. How clean a game can they play? Mississippi State played two consecutive weeks of outstanding football at home. They ran Texas A&M off the field. Then the next week they did the same thing to the Razorbacks. 
But lo and behold, they go to Kentucky. They're playing a Kentucky team backs against the wall. They've lost to South Carolina. they got to win, and they did. Mississippi State, it didn't seem to me, had the same sense of urgency in that game than they did, or as they did in the two games they played at home. Maybe they're just not a good road team. I don't know. They're going to be sternly tested, obviously, tomorrow night. But Alabama is, too. This is a little bit more of a rivalry game than people realize. It's obviously not Mississippi State, Ole Miss. It's not the Egg Bowl. It's not Auburn and Alabama. It's not the Iron Bowl. But these campuses are about an hour and a half apart. That's if you stop for gas. You know, you can make it an hour and a half. These guys know each other pretty well. They travel back and forth. They go steal girlfriends on each other's campuses. I mean, they uh, they know each other pretty well. I think it's going to be a better football game than people think. Alabama's a prohibitive favorite. I think about three touchdowns. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would go Mississippi State and take the points. And Texas A&M plays at South Carolina tomorrow night. South Carolina's a dangerous team because they've got Spencer Rattler and because they've got the ability to score points. Texas A&M, I mean, it seems like every game they play right now is a must game. You know, that's, that's sort of the way it is right now when you're Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. When everybody thought you were going to be great and when you've got this big signing class and everybody knows you spent all that much money on them, everybody expects you to be great every week. So you find yourself in what, at least from the outside looking in, appears to be more must-win situations than maybe what other teams face. Aggies, I think that's what the Aggies are in, just very frankly. I think I think they're in a must-win situation. That's going to be a close ball game, maybe a lot closer than people think. All right, we've got one open week to get through. Then the Razorbacks and Auburn play next weekend. It's going to be an 11 o'clock in the morning game. When we get together on Monday, number nine, Matt Jones, is going to be with us as he is each and every Monday. We'll break down what we've seen and we'll look ahead to the Razorbacks and Auburn. We've also got a basketball game on Monday night. Arkansas plays an exhibition game against Rogers State. So we may get Matt's thoughts on that too. Played a little basketball if you'll remember back in his day. I want to thank you for being with us this week. I want to thank Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, for making all this possible. We'd ask if you would to download the HitThatLine.com podcast network. That will allow you to listen to not only this podcast, but all of the podcasts that are on the network. You can like us on Facebook if you would. And I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy your time away. Back on Monday. Till then, thanks for listening. Give me an H, give me an O, give me a G, give me an S. What's that spell? Give me the hugs, Chuck. <laughs> this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.